have a seemingly silly question for you. What is forgiveness? The second question I have for you is, are you a truly forgiving person? This week on Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake, we'll explore the wonderfully weird command, forgive offenders. Drake Hunter is senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, founder of the nonprofit Four Dimensional Living, as well as the author of three books, including Wonderfully Weird and the upcoming Wonderfully Weird Goodness. Now, this week's edition of Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake Hunter. Welcome back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake. I'm your host, John Waters. Pastor Drake here in studio with me as we come to the end of the month of August. Yes, a hot one this uh, this year. My goodness, it's been... Uh... Uh, you know, warm and oh, it's it's been an interesting August. <laughs> it has for sure. And the kids are all back in school now. You know, it's funny. Uh, we've been talking at the church, Elevating Life Church, about how uh, through the summertime, people are very mobile and, yes. and moving and vacationing and all that. And then school gets back into session and it's like the brakes get put on all that and, and everybody gets back to whatever normal is, yeah. I guess. Back to those habits, right? And, uh, and of course, our goal at Elevating Life Church is getting you into the habits of Jesus. And of course, we do that with the wonderfully weird commands of Christ, where then uh, we're not following the habits of society, let's say, or even culture. Uh, we want to follow the habits and traits and virtues of Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about, John, right? Amen. That's right. Well, and that's a great segue into today's wonderfully weird command, command number 33 in the 49 that we use, and that is forgive offenders. Forgive offenders. Yes, uh, uh, I don't believe this is needed at all in our day and age, yeah. John. Uh, you know, I think we figured this one out. Let me say, not right. <laughs> this, you know, it's interesting, especially where it sits in uh, the bank of commands. Because here we are, we're, we're getting into it, uh, and you would, you know, you would assume that forgiveness was, uh, you know, uh, in place, well in place at this point. But here, here's Jesus teaching this command for good reason, because it's easy to, let's say, set aside and just come not get in the habit of it, but think that you only have to forgive once. And it's, it's not, it's not uh, really something that you have to get into a habit with. We just think, well, we forget, we're, we're forgiven, we forgive. What else? Well, it's a lifestyle. You know, when we look to Jesus, he forgives us every single day. Yes, we don't even know when he forgives us. And so, yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, and it's interesting when this command is not uh, properly in place, let's say in our character, and we're not living it out properly, we know what the, uh, the consequence is. It's bitterness. Uh, and so we, we want forgiveness to be part of who we are, uh, and we want to, let's say, kill the disease of bitterness. And that's what this command is all about, uh, because as we, let's say, examine our culture today, how many bitter people do we know? So we desperately need to get this command in place that uh, then will get us to a place that then we are truly going to be a light wherever we may be uh, in any relationship in, in whatever we're doing. Well, for uh, this command, uh, forgive offenders, we're going to be in the book of Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Matthew 18, 21 and 22. And while folks are getting there uh, in their Bibles or on their electronic devices or whatever the case may be, Drake, what is our question to set up this particular command? A very simple and straightforward question this morning. It is how forgiving are you towards 
offenders. Ooh. Straightforward. How forgiving are you towards offender? And don't forget, sometimes you're, you could be the offender. So it's mm-hmm. important to understand that. And so uh, that is our question today. So with that, Matthew 18, 21, 22. You know what, John, I'll, uh, would you mind reading that? Oh, okay. All right. Well, here it is. Uh, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. You know, John, this scripture, when you read it, just brings back the the flood of messages I've heard with this particular verse, because we hear it, or I should say verses here, 21 and 22, because how many messages over the last 36 years that I've been a Christian have I, uh, you know, what I've heard about forgiveness? Mm-hmm. And isn't it quite interesting? We are still challenged uh, not not only individually, but collectively with this command that tends to be something that's in the forefront. and uh, But yet, it's one of the bigger problems we have in our day and age, forgiveness. Well, and people sometimes say, oh, well, so there is a limit to how much I have to forgive because Jesus put a limit on it here. But I think uh, in the context uh, uh, that this sits, Jesus is saying, no, continue forgiving, continue forgiving. Yeah, I believe it's whatever it takes. Right. Whatever it takes. And yeah, and isn't it interesting because there are people that have actually come into my coaching room or, or pastoral office and, and they actually bring this up. Well, he, he or she is at this number with this formula. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it's quite interesting because the formula here is seventy times uh, seven equals zero, right? <laughs> or right. you know, it's it's just that's, there's a point here, right? <laughs> and Jesus that's, is making that's it. math in God's kingdom. Yes, that's yeah, right. So, well, uh, this may seem obvious, Drake, but what is this command really all about? Well, we know this; it's about forgiveness. However, let me give a a straightforward definition here. Forgiveness is clearing an offender's record and choosing to live with any, and this is key, consequences of the offense. Meaning, even with the offense, there are going to be lingering effects. Mm. So we're going to forgive, but that doesn't clear the consequences away for the other or for you either. And you, you shared a beautiful story uh, earlier, and I'm going to ask you to do that again. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful uh, picture uh, of what this means, what I just read. Would you mind sharing that with the, the car accident that you shared? Right. I, and I'm trying to remember who I heard this from. It may have been Craig Rochelle that I heard say this, okay. but uh, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, the, uh, to use this, uh, let's say that I'm out driving. And I get hit by a drunk driver. And in the course of that accident, uh, I'm paralyzed. Okay. Then I have a choice to make whether to forgive that person or not. I choose to forgive that person for what they did, but I still live with the consequences of that action for the rest of my life being paralyzed. So even though I'm forgiving that person, that doesn't wipe away the consequences of that action. It just means that I'm not holding that person responsible for it anymore. Yeah, and I think of, you know, where we live in the fall on this side of, you know, the the integrity of, of, you know, God's promised land is, you know, we do live in the fall. That means we're going to have to pay the consequences, just as Jesus did, if we're going to be like Jesus, of somebody else's sin. And, of course, you, we can use many illustrations with that. You know, you know, we think of drunk drivers, but we think of children. We think of, you know, people that are constantly 
uh, being hurt and, and in pain because of somebody else's consequences. But then again, uh, you know, this is where Jesus's voice comes into my mind, forgive them for they know not what they do. And, and it's not to become more bitter, but to forgive them. But in a way that, uh, you know, as we we share often, uh, forgiveness and trust are two different things. And right. that we're going to stay on for forgiveness today, but we do have to understand that, that we forgive them, but that does not mean we trust them. That's a whole nother episode. And so with that, uh, yeah, we pay uh, the, the consequences of other people's sin constantly mm -hmm. uh, in a fallen world. Yeah, absolutely right. So um, I love the formula you gave a little bit ago, Drake, and I want you to reiterate that real quickly. The uh, uh, the formula for forgiveness in God's economy, not in ours, <laughs> but in God's math. Let's yeah, I love God's math, and you you know I love formulas. And so you know, seventy times seven equals zero. You know, we've got to quit holding things against people. If you've forgiven them. Uh, you've, uh, you know, you've paid the debt, you paid the consequence, excuse me, you're not paying the consequences, you've given unmerited favors, what I'm trying to say there. And then that, that grace is what covers that sin or that, uh, that issue or whatever it might be. It's kind of like what Jesus has done for us. Yes. You know, and, you know, and this does remind us there are, there's some responsibility here though. Mm -hmm. Now, I can forgive somebody who perhaps is not even a Christian. In fact, I, I would highly recommend that. We are to do that. But let's bring it into the kingdom with our brother and sister in Christ, because that's exactly what Matthew 18 shares. Forgive my brother and sister who sins against me. So there are responsibilities for the other person and or what that would look like. And what is that? Well, Luke 17, 4 says, even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent. Now I want that to sink in because that's key. I repent you must forgive them, Jesus says. So, but the key uh, is repent. We go all the way back to command number one, where Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so with that, we have to understand that the repentive lifestyle has to be in place. That means you've repent, you are now born again. That means you're committed and engaged uh, in this faith, the Christian faith, and you're moving forward following Jesus, and you are constantly uh, growing incrementally and objectively, and you have that repentive lifestyle in place. And it's key because if that is not there, uh, you do, do you forgive? Well, it implies that if you don't have command number one, you're not even a Christian. You're not a brother or sister in Christ. So do I forgive you? Forgive you for what? You're not in the, the kingdom. Uh, you know, it's, it's part of that reality that we're going to live in the delight of the Lord. If you're not in the delight of the Lord, well, you know what? If, if you're not going to uh, resolve it, let's say, what is the Bible? Treat them like heathens. Mm -hmm. And they are going to hurt you. That's where the armor of God comes into play. And so anyway, I, I hope that uh, that makes sense. But the whole point is you've got to have a repentful or re <laughs> what's the word I'm looking repenting. for? Repenting lifestyle. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and and it's it, it's critical because if you're not in that lifestyle and you're you're not forgiving and, and actually building the character or redeeming the character of Christ and who you are, then what you do is going to be uh, not a reflection of God. It's going to be a reflection of man, which is 
opposing God's plan. I think many people, Drake, are uh, confused when it comes to those two words, repenting and forgiving, assuming that they're the same thing, uh, when in fact they're not. Forgiving is part of repenting, but it's not all of repenting. Right. I love the word repent because it brings me back to my military days. You know, in the military for 20... one years when we're doing drill, there's this command that says about face. Mm-hmm. And that's what repenting is all about. You're heading in this direction. You're marching in this direction. And then, of course, there's a command that comes into your mind, and it should be the voice of Jesus that says repent or make an about face because you're heading in the wrong direction. Turn around, make an about face, and now go in uh, the opposite direction, which should be the purpose of God, that then that you're going to move forward uh, in now the the sense of one step at a time you're going to hit some potholes people are going to truly cause some pains and some hurt you're going to cause yourself and this is where forgiveness comes in and we have to use forgiveness to truly fill in some of those potholes that will come or those fiery darts that that hit us thinking of the armor of god now and then what we do is we use both in mm-hmm. the sense of that recipe of God, if you will. So repent, we'll say, times uh, forgiveness equals, well, everything. Exactly. <laughs> uh, before we started, we were talking a little bit, Drake, and, and you brought up the uh, story in Genesis chapter 4 yes. of Lamech. And um, talk about that a little bit, maybe read that passage. and Because I think it's very interesting when we're talking about forgiveness here today and how often to forgive and and why we forgive and all that sort of thing. Yes, Lamech is is a very unfamiliar character in the Bible. And in a very uh, small episode in in Genesis is where he sits, but it's an interesting, uh, you know, story, if you will. And he's an interesting character uh, because uh, there's something very critical here that does hyperlink our command or Matthew 18 to what we're after today. And so let me read this, this little, uh, this little character. He's not a little character. He's actually an evil character, but let me read where he sits in, in the Bible, Genesis four verses 23 and 24. And that's about it, John. (laughs) Let me read it out of, I'll read it out of the English standard version. Lamech said to his wives, now, this is the first place that multiple wives are mentioned, John. I think you realize that. I know you know that. And he says to them, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wondering, uh, or excuse me, for wounding me, a young man for striking me, uh, striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, now here it comes, then Lamech's is 77-fold. Isn't that interesting? Because we read those numbers in Matthew 18. And what I think is very interesting is Peter uses seven, implying Cain's, uh, you know, suffering. He's going to suffer seven times. And I believe most people understand Cain and and the mark of Cain. Well, uh, that's seven, only seven times. Mm-hmm. And I see that now. This is my theory, folks. But I see that as a personal relationship with God. And when you're living towards uh, the problems of this world rather than God's purpose, you're going to suffer uh, seven times. But then Jesus comes back and goes, I appreciate you knowing your Bible, Peter. But <laughs> let's look at uh, this little episode with Lamech, where Lamech said 77-fold. And, and, of course, Jesus uses that number to forgive. But Lamech, 
uh, in in the understanding, uh, again, with uh, him being uh, the leader with multiple wives, uh, what's implied here is the multiple wives would be, well, brides. And of course, we have bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. And if you have multiple philosophies or theologies or doctrines, as we see with Lamech now in his marriage with these multiple ladies, well, if you fall into that, you have a big problem because you're not in focus. And now you're going to have 70 times seven the problems as a leader and or an organization. We can say, of course, the church, and it doesn't work and you will be cursed that many times. But Jesus comes back, even if that be the case. That's exactly why he went to the cross to take care of all of the problems so we can turn around and not be in what I call the pee-pee problem. Uh, Lamech and Cain, the problem was they were focused on problems mm-hmm. rather than the purpose. Cain was per- uh, personal, and I would say Lamech, in my understanding, my theory is that leadership position. But then when you have multiple philosophies and all that, it's just one big problem. And Jesus died for that. And let's turn around and let's personally look at the purpose of God. And let's, uh, as leaders, uh, make sure that we're leading those those followers in the sense of God's purpose and not problems. Does that make sense? Yes. From the heart there, mm-hmm. John. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, getting back to forgiveness, uh, you had a, a statement that uh, I love. Giving forgiveness to a believer is a gift to yourself because we are all members of one body. And if, um, you know, when when it says that, I think of, let's say my, my knee hurts. Yes. So uh, because my knee hurts, I say, forget it, get rid of it. I don't want anything to do with that knee anymore. And I'm harming myself by doing that rather than forgiving, in that case, getting whatever treatment needs done, et cetera, to get it back to being its full part of the body again. Yeah, that's right. Restoring. And, and I'm implying here a formula again. I, maybe that's the theme today, <laughs> you know, John, because one times one times one times one is always one. And then we have to understand that that we are one. And when somebody else is hurting or in pain and or whatever that would be, uh, the whole body is affected. And, and so that's probably another great reason why forgiveness is so important, because how many people do we know that are lingering even with us Uh, And they're not willing to forgive and they're going to go in their own direction. And uh, they do fall into that mark of Cain, the problems and and the challenges. And all they have to do is forgive themselves and others and get in line with the church so that then we're living in the delight of the Lord now and for all eternity. Well, since I brought up the knee scenario Mm -hmm. let's uh, let's take this from uh, kind of a medical standpoint and let's start diagnosing what the problem is okay so that we can then get to how to heal the problem yeah and there are serious consequences for one who refuses to forgive let's say an offender Uh, what are some of those consequences right let's let's kind of diagnose this Uh, well first and foremost they are not uh, forgiven themselves Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the verse. We know Bible. Uh, when we don't forget our, forgive our brothers and sisters, Jesus says, well, my father is not going to forgive you, and I can't forgive you because not for any other reason except that's the plan of God. Mm-hmm. And so they are not uh, forgiven themselves. And, and this, this is kind of heartbreaking. Well, it is heartbreaking because, you know, good night. All you have to do is learn forgiveness and how Jesus forgave. You know, put that trait in your makeup through this command and your life is going to turn around and you're going to live a, a uh, better life. Yes, you're still in the fall, but with uh, what comes with forgiveness is freedom. 
Uh, so if your heart is closed off where forgiveness can't get out, it also means forgiveness can't get in. Yes. Yeah. And we can go right to the physical heart with that, how mm -hmm. the physical heart works. You got two pumps that go in and two that come out. One's clogged up. You got to get to the hospital. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, another, uh, you know, sign or symptom, if you will, uh, Christians that won't forgive, they are tormented by wickedness. Mm. Now, that's harsh. That's straightforward. But that's said with care, folks, because it is true. You're out of the will of God. There's no other way to get around it. And so that is a huge symptom, if you will. Uh, another, they damage their own health. And I wish we had time, John. Uh, I would encourage people to go to Dr. Caroline Leaf's work out there, switch on the brain, uh, and really lean into her, her work because she she's leaning into the physical brain and how uh, certain commands are introduced or, you know, teachings of Christ and how they, they light up the brain and, and add life and value and grow the brain healthy. But when it's not happening, it's called dark matter. And mm -hmm. most people know what that is in the brain. And what happens is we live in the darkness of all that, and we're not healthy anymore because the body's no longer producing serotonin or dopamine or, you know, endorphins, all of the chemicals. They're not properly releasing all of the chemicals and hormones that God designed you to live with properly with these commands in place. And so what you're doing is killing yourself for the wages of sin is death. Now, first and foremost, spiritually, yes, emotionally, but then you get to the point where if you do that long enough, you will take your last breath. And death is not physical death. It is emptiness of life. Yeah. And how many people I know in the church are empty? Mm -hmm. They think it's death, waiting for that physical last breath. No, for the wages of sin of death is emptiness, the emptiness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why we're baptized with the triune God, where that then, if we properly put those in place, then we're, we're a vessel where we truly get to be a reflection of God and carrying out His plan. Well, that, that bitterness then that comes from that lack of forgiveness can literally eat you alive. Yeah, that's, isn't that the disease? Bitterness is a disease. And, uh, and I always compare it to leprosy. Mm -hmm. There's a reason leprosy is in Scripture. Those who have leprosy lose any pain sensation. Therefore, they are unaware of uh, situations, if you will, in which they are hurting themselves or others. Oh, my goodness, we can park it here. So let's say, you know, comparing that, bitter people are about or excuse me, bitter people are often unaware of how they hurt other people with their words, attitudes, and actions. Yeah. yeah. We, are to, we are to, first and foremost, with our words uh, and, and with those three areas, attitudes and action, are to add value, to help people uh, get closer to God. They are to help you get closer to other, we'll say, safe people, sheep rather than the goats, and those words and actions should help other people become who God designed them to be, not what the world expects them to be. And, and when that's not the case, people then fall into bitterness, they become numb. And yeah. we know so many people like this, uh, there is no self-control with their words, attitude, or actions, and there is no fruit, and yet they're hanging on to Jesus, not realizing that they themselves need to be healed. And we need to, if we're using the analogy of the tree, we need to 
heal the tree, then the tree will produce the proper fruit. In the couple minutes we have left, Drake, uh, briefly give us the symptoms to look for for this problem and then what we can do about it. Okay, signs to look for to see if you are bitter and need to apply the forgive offender command in life is this. Bitter people tend to avoid healthy and positive people. They overgeneralize most things in life. They tend to be heartfelt, John. That means uh, subjective in nature, but they're not thinking through. They're not really taking proper action through thoughtful process. And so they just overgeneralize what, whatever their heart's telling them. And, uh, and, and it becomes their own little world. And that only works on one planet, that's Mars. Uh, they are judgmental, critical, and defensive. Uh, they prioritize life based on what they like. Mm -hmm. This is critical. And boy, do we live in a world that they're interpreting everything based on what they like. Well, God's speaking to me because if, 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 um, if it wasn't God, God always gives me something I like. So, well, be very careful with that because uh, like uh, could be an enemy. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's definitely uh, a symptom. And then one, one last one, I think, uh, bitter people hold grudges and more grudges and more grudges. And of course, with that, they are angry. And their M.O., if you will, is hatred. Mm. Just the opposite of God's plan. So they're focused on problems instead of God's yeah, purpose. Yeah, back to the PP problem, back to Cain and Lamech. You know, are you focused on uh, uh, Jesus' realities, or do you have the, the mark of now, can we say, Cain and Lamech? <laughs> well, Drake, you're our doctor today, so give us a prescription. Well, you know where this is going to come from, right out of the medicine cabinet of Jesus. Uh, here we go. Things you can do. Number one, wonderfully weird command number one, repent. Don't just apologize. Don't just say sorry. Take some action uh, and and be intentional with moving forward with understanding Christ and understanding the principles of God that then you're working with God and others to really produce uh, the energy and where the Holy Spirit is alive. Number two, wonderfully weird command number 31. We just mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. You've got to learn to go to the offender uh, and do that with care and candor. And then, of course, number three is wonderfully weird command 41. Love your neighbor. All right. Oh, that is critical. So there you go. There's the, uh, the prescription. And I, I hope, I pray that you will apply it to your life so that then you can be, become healthy in all of life through Jesus. So forgive offenders. There we go. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week on Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake. Drake, thank you so much. As always, uh, I appreciate your heart. You're welcome. Join us again next week, and we'll talk about the next command in the wonderfully weird commands of Christ. If you would like to learn more or have any questions or comments, please feel free to email Pastor Drake at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. To obtain your own copy of the book Wonderfully Weird, please log on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com and click on the button that says Buy the Book. Wonderfully Weird Living is a ministry of four-dimensional living, offering wholeness coaching for mind, body, soul, and spirit. Also, would you please prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner to help the Wonderfully Weird Living ministry impact more and more lives? Please log on to www.4dimensionalliving.com. That's 4dimensionalliving.com with the number 4. Now, for Pastor Drake Hunter, 
I'm John Waters wishing you a wonderfully weird week.